The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks yes, for having me. Yes, small ball. Well, I'm glad to have you here. I, I found out that you were you're from Queens originally, huh? I am, sir. Are you a Queenser? I'm a Brooklyn boy, but I grew up in, a, in New York City. Yeah. What high school did you go to? I went to uh, Townsend Harris. Do you know that one? Townsend Harris. Townsend Harris was designed by a man that designed prisons. <laughs> and was uh, top five high schools in New York. That's how they they got us. They got us right. They scared us straight. Uh, it's they on sca- campus it with was- Queens College. So it was a scared straight situation. Scared straight. No, everyone's a nerd. It was a hundred percent graduation rate. Everyone okay. was scared. Everyone's just scared. Okay, you know, so you grew up born and raised in Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immigrant, uh, Colombian immigrant parents. Columbia, and, uh, Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been? Um, no, I would love to go to Columbia. Oh my god. Oh well, yeah. If you have you been? How, like, how many times have you been down there? I've actually been three times. I like to go to keep myself on my toes. My parents nice. just try to like, you know, you don't know. You get thrown out there. You look European. Everyone gets uh, confused. It's uh, it's good. Yeah, they look she, at you like she, you're a foreigner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you heard me speak Spanish. <laughs> sound like a Dominican made love with like a white woman speaking to a manager so that's like my Spanish it's just I fine. would watch that I would watch that whole uh, play <laughs> yeah. <out>. so <laughs> you like, played soccer <laughs> did you yeah, play soccer I, in high school I played, yeah I played soccer in high school and then in college and then I was recruited to go play in Rome in Italy that's crazy uh, now first of all how good was was your high school team your high school team was good like yeah, it was a, I like to say it was a garbage. It was like hot garbage. They were not a good team. Uh, right. We were like, we did not, we were all nerds. Then kids, right. Very nerdy. So everyone was just like happy to be there. And uh, I basically had like quit and was sort of um, like, I was surrounded by very smart people. Everyone that was going to go to Ivy Leagues. And I was like, I'm going to be a janitor. So I didn't really know how to contend with that. And I was like, okay, let me give up on sports. And then I managed to get a uh, full ride to go play at Queens College, which is the neighbor to Townsend Harris. Okay. Because I was like, for the stars. Uh, and then I just had uh, an assistant coach that believed in me and was like, hey, I have some connects in Italy. You should go. And that's, oh. that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, I just had like a little buzz cut. I looked like all the players. I like assimilated very well. Okay. Very and good. what inspired you to play in the first place? Do you have other family uh, members who played? Or was it the yeah, U.S. Yeah, women's yeah. team? It was uh, my dad. It was my, I mean, my dad is essentially all of the U.S. women's team in the body of a, a feminine <laughs> Latin man. <laughs> but I know he played and he was really good, but then he was too poor to play. And so I sort of had too this. Poor. Natural, too poor. Too poor. Too poor to make it. Cause he, oh, oh, cause to he make it. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was very good, but to leave Colombia because he was, he worked for like the IRS of Colombia. He was a very smart, he was going to go to like, Prague to go study there and then he oh. accidentally got uh got my mom pregnant uh, so, so not that smart huh i'm sorry yeah not that smart <laughs> uh smart enough to follow nature's path i don't know what i'm saying uh, <laughs> but no he played and so i was surrounded by it but i also had that natural 
say, I think like when you get older and you're kind of like, where, how did life leave me here? It's like, oh, well, I also naturally really enjoyed uh, doing it. Right. And, I the, it. and you have the ability to do it. Yeah, it's kind of like with comedy too, right? It's not like anyone's like, oh, that's the job I want. That'll be super lucrative and easy. It's just like, I can't shut up and right. uh, I can't stop kicking balls. How old were you when you went over to Rome? Uh, I must have been 23. But then that story also ends really shitty because they basically lost sponsors. And so they dropped the internationals that year. And I was like, okay, great. I'll go play for the Colombian national team, see if I get a tryout. And when I was supposed to go try out for the World Cup, I got pneumonia. So I missed the tryouts. Yeah. And oh. then I was, I was turned 24 that year. And, uh, yeah, I was like, I guess I got to, what pays women better than sports is comedy. So I, I'm laterally jumping off. Okay, so you, so you switched over from the, the soccer to comedy. And was that yeah, like a I, gradual change? Did you do both at the same time at one point? Or? Yeah, I was doing both at the same time. So when I was uh, 19, I was doing improv and sketch and stand-up, blah, blah, where? blah. Where, where were you? Yeah, New York. I uh, cut my teeth in New York City. It was uh, I was at the Magnet, UCB, yeah, kind of doing all that. So doing the trainings, lots of pizza at one in the morning, lots of hanging out with people that are 15 years older than you. Um, but I grew. I mean, you know, I was a baby, and everyone there was a sad theater person. And sort of uh, what I wasn't getting from soccer, I was getting from improvisers, which was just. Uh, like a, an idea of art or just being surrounded by creativity whereas athletes I think are very disciplined and know to stay the course and not to change lanes so I was kind of trying to juggle both at the same time to the detriment of both of the uh, soccer and hockey <laughs> and so I my senior year of college was like I'm going to commit fully to soccer did that got recruited to go play in Italy I was like amazing and then the whole shitstorm happened of like losing the internationals and then getting pneumonia and I was like well I've been doing comedy and I really enjoy it and also that thing happens with like you're trying to do other things like if I could have been a lawyer I would have been you know what I mean like I tried very right. hard to not get into it uh and was just like <laughs> I'm not I, I be a lawyer yeah yeah it's like I guess I'm gonna have to do comedy uh and it then, sounds like you yeah. just you like performing in front of people all the things you named that you would do yeah. even like what you want to do a defense attorney or something if you were a lawyer yeah, if I, I mean, if I was a lawyer, I would just, honestly, I would just be the trash talking lawyer. I would be the yeah. OJ lawyer, all show, just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, you want to perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds sure. like performance is your addiction. Yeah, that. Oh God, that didn't work. I mean, yeah, we want to get into addiction. Ooh, yeah. What's your? You like? Uh, what do you like? Work? You like working until like 10 p.m.? Is that is that your jam? Well, comedy. Well, no, comedy is my uh, is my full fledged okay. total addiction. And yeah. sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. for you. Let's get out of here. Maybe I can call that other drive from Trinidad. <laughs> uh, there you go. I want that dude to change his name, by the way. I'm the only yeah, yeah, yeah. I got them. I really, I, I messaged so many men. And can you imagine messaging someone and they open that and it says, hey, are you for small ball? I mean, the I've really opened Pandora's box. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny uh, shit. So yeah. when you went to so Italy, was that a heartbreak when you went over there to to play and then the oh. league fucking threw enough? Oh what it was no underfunded or because the men kept playing, didn't the men keep playing? It's not the women kept playing too. It's just I mean, here's the thing too. It, it's a, a veil of secrecy, right? So like 
there's different layers uh, when you get signed for a program, right? There's people that have their contracts, it's done. Like there's no way, I mean, you could break a contract, whatever, but you're there and things are happening. I was like, I was here, I was teaching in Italy, I was uh, near Rome, but I was touring because I was, uh, it was like, um, you're teaching English through theater. So I was kind of like, oh, I'll make a pennies while I'm here and then I'll go at the end of the summer and start my preseason. But I hadn't signed a contract. It was all word of mouth. It was like very, also culturally, like very like, oh yeah, I'm not letting like, you know, oh, can't wait. And like, I had housing, quote unquote, like I was supposed to say, like I was in communication with people. But it's one of those lessons where you're like, oh, I didn't actually have anything finalized, right? I right, mean, they say right. the international. Like, I spoke with another person. Like, yeah, I also got fucked, and I wasn't able to. They weren't going to give me a visa. So that's the main thing. If you can't get a visa, you can't stay. So I was like, I, and they were like, can you get a visa? I was like, no, what? I can't get a visa. And they're like, ah, damn. I'm like, you guys are a program. You are a funded program. <laughs> so then it's also like the whole scheme of getting people out to different countries and being like, Hey, just pay like five grand. You'll be in this tournament. You'll get seen, which was uh, true. Oh, but I some, like, I'm going to say that works for maybe the 3% of the people that are going everyone else. Right. Just paying money, dropping money. And you're like, I have no idea, but I don't know what else to do. Right. Oh, I know they had a yeah. fucking racket going on like that. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm into. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. No, but also like, that's the thing too is like you just need money like going back to my dad he just didn't have those resources he wasn't connected he couldn't go abroad for someone to see him even legitimately right. it's just like see me here like how many Neymars are there really like that guy got seen got plucked at a time where he was young enough where they're like we want to invest all this time and money on him but like you see someone at 23 22 like it's like yeah you know where what are your options so for me i was excited to just be a barista for two years i was like i'll be a barista i'll play soccer and then it was heartbreaking because everything i had was planned for rome i had right. nothing here right right so i came back and i was like i guess i'll work at apple like that's just what i did so do you think like kids outside of this country have better opportunity to go pro in uh like uh, global soccer than American kids because they have uh, quicker access to it or people are really scouting over there? I mean, it's different, I would say, for men and women. For women, for sure, if you're going to, if you want to play at the highest levels here, um, you right. go to Japan. I mean, there's other like Iceland has a really good, has really good program, Sweden. Um, but it's like, you stay here. This is the number one team in the world. It has been for years. Like, this is where you want to be to get recruited, picked up. I think in terms of like having a legacy and a bigger career and having something that's got like billions of dollars in terms of just numbers, men outside of America have a better chance because there's just more programs. Right. Like, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game where like, where would I rather get picked up as a woman here or like in fucking Italy here? If I'm a dude, I'm like, I'm going to England. I'm going to go get picked. Like all these international uh, little boys they get sent uh, to England, to like Germany, right? That's just where the programs are. And it's also, if you have name and history, you're going to go there. Like the men's team, the U.S. men's team is still trying to develop that. So it's like you yeah, can either think... develop a program or if you are a Neymar, like if you got a Neymar, send that kid uh, to England. So like if you had uh, like, a, let's say a nine, nine, 10-year-old son and he was uh -huh. really outstanding with soccer, 
would you yeah. send him overseas to like if he's like I'm really want to uh, pursue this? Yeah. Would you send him well, overseas to practice because it's better for him <laughs> over there? First, well, first of all, this is a huge question. Do I have a kid? A, I mean, I've raised this kid until he's ten. Honestly, huge success for the both of us. Uh, <laughs> would I even be allowing him to play soccer? Who knows? I think my kid. I'm just gonna make him live in an alternate reality. We have no money. There's no sports. Um, that's such a big question. How would you like? You would have to up and you'd have to gamble up in your whole life and trust that your kid can do it at such a young right. age. And I don't know if you've met child actors, but they're 70, 30, not, not fun. You know, they, they got fun. a lot. It cannot be fun. Yeah. It, 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 it can go the wrong so, way. But just say, like, if you were, if it was you, if it was you as a kid and let's say women had a better opportunity overseas and you, you got an opportunity to go overseas, yeah, yeah, would yeah. you ask your, would you ask your parents to go over at like 10 well, years old? But in a lot of ways, that's what my parents did, right? They brought me to this country because they're like, you're going to have a better chance here across the board, across right. sports, academics, right, all that. Right, 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 right. So, like, there is that element. That is foundationally, I'm like, I can't even imagine changing countries and going somewhere else. So that's my bias for the question. Because I'm also scared, like, that is a huge move and so much pressure to put on a kid at such a young age. Like, my point with the uh, child actors, like, it's yeah. so much pressure at such a young age. Like, I can't even imagine having to make the decisions I'm making now at six. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. So like if, if I saw, felt like there was enough promise, you know, obviously I want my kids to have the best chance, but it's so tricky. Like people ask me this all the time. They're like, what should I do with my kid? And I'm just like, are they having fun? Are they right. the best on their team? Put, make them be the worst on their team. I like find a team where they're the worst, get an individual trainer and, and you yeah. know, really, uh, plant the seeds for them but like that's a huge that's a huge move to go from like well, there's a kid that um, I think left Israel or Iran and now is in England right? and he's sick he's that Jack kid that's got the eight pack he's like literally seven years old uh, and he they moved they moved and his whole job as like since he's been three years old is bodybuilding and now he wants to be the number one soccer player in the world and he's amazing and I'm like okay that kid yes <laughs> like a phenom like that yeah 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 you gotta go that's like you have no other purpose on this planet forget it you're good at the piano we're done with the piano you're gonna do you know what i mean what's that you like to cook no done <laughs> out of the question but if your kid if like if, if I, I always think the barometer if the kid's having fun and really interested and want to do it then fuck it i'm behind you yeah i don't, I don't some of these parents are pushed the kid but if your kid really wanted, like, if you really wanted to go, you think your parents would have let you go to Europe. Let's say you wanted to, mm -hmm. England had a program for uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, women uh, soccer players that was top of notch. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 years old, and you're like, I really want to do this. You think your parents would let you go? Yeah, I think my parents, my parents probably would have. They would have been like, honestly, we don't even, we don't even hang out with you that much. Go <laughs> But I was, I specifically was such a nervous kid. Like I quit playing soccer for two years because I was uh, playing when I was 12, I was playing against like 20 year olds on my team, like 20 or 30 year olds. Like I remember I was what? defending a woman that was pregnant. Yeah. Because I was the youngest. That was pregnant. She was pregnant. And she wasn't like a young pregnant. She was like a lukewarm 23. Like she was like an in the, she was in the zone. That's pregnant. an extra person on the pitch, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an extra person on the pitch. Right. <laughs> um, but I was 
like hanging out with these people. I didn't even know what was going on. They were talking about like blowjobs and parties, and I was like, I love blowjobs. I thought they were. So what team I was this? This was like. This was not just like a school team. What team were you playing on? Like some outside this was, league? This was like an outside league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be fair, okay. I played in my high school team, but that wasn't like what got me to where I was. Like I, right. I, you have to play. You have to be the worst person on the team, like you just said. You wanted to be the worst person. and Right. And so the high school team was like one of three teams. Of, like at one point I was on four teams. Wow. So, but I quit because I was the youngest on this team and was so intimidated. So I think thinking about sending a kid abroad i'm like okay how old are these people right because they're like some of them are 13 playing with 18 year olds right or even i lived in cambodia for for a minute but i was in cambodia yeah 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 and uh i played soccer with these kids and they were it was a a program right so they're all like they're they're all living there there's housing and some of them are like 11 just totally abandoned there some are 17, and I'm like, the 11 year olds have no business hanging out with these 17 year olds right. on uh, supervised. So, for me, as a like a potential parent in the situation, I'm just like, I need to know what's going on. And the other thing is, people love to be vague. I mean, not too dissimilar from even our industry. It's like people love just like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Like, yeah, I have all the context, I know everything. You're like, no, but who are you and what's the plan and what's going on? And these right. coaches sometimes are like, yeah, 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 pay me money, or they have these kids and they can't monitor 40 uh, kids, right? Because it's not as actually fleshed out as they think it's going to be. So they have all these kids in this one camp in Cambodia, and when they're just training them, they're just training. (laughs) Are they just training them just for soccer, just for... It's like a, a academy program. So it's like to try to get them on the national team, to try to get... Like, I was teaching there, and I guess just the capital is so small people were like oh you want to play soccer yeah i know a guy and i was in the academy program for their national team just casually training with them yeah i looked i mean i also had like gained weight i looked like a little dumpling with like a little haircut and i was just like i should not be here these guys are ready to like go pro and i had retired and I was, now, like, was okay. it was it any girls playing at this uh at this place no no i was like i was what's that about what's that about uh well first of all they thought i was a man i had a little buzz cut they definitely they thought i was just one of the boys and boy and you let them think it too didn't you you let them think it too i was excited no and then i took off my shirt and the they were freaked out because also i don't think they've ever seen breasts before so there was a lot happening and they they were just like there's, a, there's another lady boy here in our practice <laughs> they were excited <laughs> uh yeah well it's just the i mean the program their program for the boys is barely developed much less for the girls right Right. so like and and these like i would say outside of america you see certain places even like brazil colombia the best players are learning on the street you're not these kids in the academy these are the kids that are playing seven hours on the street that are just like super sharp really good and then you throw them in an academy and they fall apart because they're not used to all that discipline all that pressure um this is like a hodgepodge of boys that had been there since they were nine ten eleven boys that they found on the street and so they were trying to mix it all together right but i guess the point being that like sending a kid overseas is already so stressful putting them in the hands of someone that you trust that you don't really know because you're just hoping for a better future for your kids i'd rather we i'll get i'll buy a different house we'll get a backyard we'll do some one v one i'll train you for 10 years hang out with dad have a good time. <laughs> doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. No harm, no foul. 
Right, because there's a lot to send them across overseas. But like, I wonder why like uh, women's soccer, like in Brazil, for instance, is not as yeah. big as the men's team because they're well, coming from we, the same stock. Right, but we also have uh, an in like um, the balance of attention is lopsided in America, right? So much, the sole focus is on the women in America. And that's right. because women made a name for themselves here first. And it's huge. like winners. If they win, that, that's when you think right. what is popular. When they won the fucking World Cup, they're Americans like this. Okay, we can get behind this. <laughs> right. But, and also, I would say, like, culturally, where do women stand in our society versus internationally, right? Like, there are different cultures where, like, right. that is much respect as a woman. But if you're a butch woman, you could potentially be seen as a quote unquote man. And so you could probably start a sport. So like, I think it's super curious that when I go internationally, all of the women that play soccer are homos. There, it's like right. total night and day. Like on my college team, everyone was straight. And I was like, oh, okay. Went abroad, boom, I was the cool kid. And the straight people, we made fun of the straight people. And I was like, this is incredible. But it's like, <laughs> oh, I was so that's the, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was the dynamic. Yeah, I think now in the Americas, the, the lesbians are kind of joining the, they're finally getting the memo. But it's like, literally abroad, everyone's dating everybody. And in, in the US, it's just, that's not what it was. I think now, yeah, the conversation's shifting. But like, if you're more likely to break the rules and step away from the mainstream as a woman abroad, right, you're more likely to do a sport that's not mainstream, like, or, or even try it for it. Whereas in the US, it's the opposite. It's the US, like, if you're a woman, you need money, you need to be like a hot white woman. And like be a part of a mainstream uh, society, so it's like you're more likely to try that sport. So the fact that I even actually even did soccer it was the opposite here, because it's like I did it because of my dad, who's a Latin man, who of course in Colombia surrounded by soccer. Like right. no, no one in my family. I am the first and only woman that has played soccer. Like my dad is just very unorthodox as a Latino, like just very about women's rights. He's like, you gotta. Have you heard of field ball? I'm like, yeah, dad. He's like, I love it. Love Lucia. Amy Poehler, love them both. I'm like, <laughs> different people. But he's like very open about that stuff. So he's like, you should play soccer. Of course. I'd love that you're playing. I'll train you. But any other dad could have potentially not done that. And on top of that, like in a different country, I actually probably would have been more encouraged by just being on the outside of society to have tried soccer. Right. So it's all like interesting. So is it weird? Like, is it hard for a straight woman in Brazil to play soccer without well, everybody hey, thinking she's they're gay? Yeah, they're, they're doing fine. I mean, uh, you know, I think also culturally for women, it's like, I think if this were true for men, I think it'd be a little bit more difficult just because it's harder in terms of like within society for a man that's straight to be seen as gay. Whereas like, I think a woman, if she's seen as gay, it's not like men are going to stop hitting on her. Like right. she's we want to at least watch. <laughs> like I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not trying to date men. Again, my friend's full of messages right now. I could be small ball. That's what they say. <laughs> That's right. So why is yeah. why is like women? So women's soccer is so big in America, but men's always trying to catch up. Can't catch up, but meanwhile they're still making more money than everybody. Oh, yeah, that's a um, hmm, good question. I think I it's fair. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, one, obviously, it's a bummer. I don't know if you heard of uh, the results that came in, but they basically haven't changed any of the laws, and they supported 
uh, FIFA. The last uh, ruling I heard was FIFA that... is one of the worst, like the mo- most corrupt pieces of shit. The FIFA makes the Olympic <laughs> fucking board <laughs> look like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they are like... just corrupt as fuck. Like, short of walking around with suitcases full of money, I don't know what else they can do to perpetuate that. I mean, man, look, right? You got... Because they dream of sales to the Congo, telling the Congo they might get the World Cup. Just get that suitcase ready. <laughs> Meanwhile, Congo ain't even on the list. Japan gets to this machine. <laughs> they some dirty fuckers. <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, I mean, don't even get... Like, not even getting to the stadium conversations, right? Uh, there's this... Uh, Artists who take photos of all the empty uh, World Cup stadiums and Olympic stadiums that are just no longer used, that are just like dumping grounds and shit shows. I mean, sports in general, right? We're talking about a system that's, you know, founded on, there's a lot of tradition. There's a lot of, I think, uh, problematic conversations that haven't been checked for a couple of decades, right? We may have some sexism that's just inherent within society that we have to- And racism. And racism. Oh, that's definitely not a love, soccer love yeah. racism, right? You know, like, <laughs> so there's a lot of tricky conversations that it's like a, a, an intense stew that no one really wants to talk about, right? Like, no one wants to talk about, oh, yeah, what are these race dynamics? What is going on? Why are these women getting paid less? And actually, their, their World Cup finals are the number one watch finals in U.S. history, men or women, yeah. and there's just Nothing happening. You have all these women. It's like the the stereotype. Have you seen that meme with Ed Sheeran and Beyonce? Where it's like, it's like what women have to do to be seen. And it's Beyonce in this beautiful pink gown performing next to Ed Sheeran. And it says what men have to do. And he's just in a hoodie. And it's like, he just got to show up. They just got to show up. They just got to show up. So, you know, it's, (laughs) it's insane that it's so boldly in your face, how different it is. And like, yes, the numbers, you know, are different. You can't fully change uh, the system. You can't pay maybe exactly equal, right, within the first year, but there's no process. Like, the numbers are so drastically different between men and women. Like, what I was trying to make when I was trying out for the U.S. Uh, pro team, first of all, there's only nine U.S. women's uh, pro teams. The so fact check me on that. I think it's nine. Men, I believe it's 23, and there's wow. just nothing more. Right. So, A, you just have way more of an opportunity to be on a team as a man. Right. And that's in America where women's soccer is bigger. Correct. But you have to remember, too, the pro league in America folded because they were paying women so much. They're paying one woman like millions. Right. Versus right. someone who's a, a nobody. They're paying them nothing. And so there was no. They got to have some type of salary so, share cap thing that's going on that everybody gets. There's got to be anything, anything. Like, I'm not saying I'm a finance person. Again, clearly not a lawyer, clearly a ding-dong that just kicked the ball around. But, like, the fact that there's a great documentary called um, Kicking and uh, – not Kicking and Screaming. That's Will Ferrell. <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> the great documentary featuring Will Ferrell. Uh, I believe it's called Kicking and Screaming. It's a doc in uh, Sweden. Marta's in it. And they're talking about how, like, no one want. This was about four years ago. No one wanting to invest in women's soccer, right? And it's like, man, even short. But America, if you want to throw money at something that's making so much money right now, it is U.S. women's soccer. It's like, right. get it, get it together. You have the most well-spoken women on this team. There, not only are they giving you soccer, they're giving you politics. They're giving you women's rights. They're giving you hairstyle tips. 
it's like, I don't know how much more you can do as a team and organization to win yeah. the World Cup. Someone's got to pay. I don't know. George Clooney, write them a check. Whoever's in charge of this is scared of it. Maybe they don't want women to have that voice. That's a lot of power because when it comes to sports, sports always led society as far as like rights are concerned and, you know, mm-hmm. just dealing with other kind of people. Because sure. the numbers don't lie. So it don't matter if you're black or white when you fucking, your numbers don't lie. So even yeah, with like Jackie Robinson and shit like that, because it's all these right. women, like these women soccer players are the most recognizable women athletes in the world. But yet mm-hmm. at home, they treat like shit. It's kind of like, it reminds me of like the old black, like Jesse Owens, fucking fastest man, mm-hmm. go over to Germany, win all the medals, treat like shit at home. <laughs> at home, mm-hmm. it don't matter. And it's like, right. when will we let sports fucking lead the way again? Right. But it's also like when you're the first, it's always the hardest and it rarely ever works. You know, when you're the first, you're setting the tone, you're breaking, quote unquote, breaking the glass ceiling, right? So whoever comes after you, that path is an unknown territory. It's like people have seen someone walk that path. They just didn't necessarily succeed in it, right? So like whoever comes next, hopefully can walk down that path and walk further. So what these women, unfortunately, what most people, most marginalized people in sports have had to have done is start walking down the path. But they rarely ever get to open the door, you know. It's right, even right. You gotta like, take the first bullets. You gotta take those hits so somebody else can come up behind you. It's like running in a right? race, and you get on somebody else's yeah. tread, and so they taking the win. But somehow yeah. that win gets the best of them, and they fall, and you gotta take the win now. But right. you already ran behind already what they started, so it's like it's yeah, a, yeah. But and I think all those things are successes. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I don't view it as a failure or view it as like, oh, I can't believe this is happening like of course this is happening of course we're having these conversations but it's like at least we're having the conversation 10 years ago no one was even talking about it so 10 years in the future man hopefully there can be equal pay because like if there's another poor immigrant kid whether she's latina or not that still has to make the decisions i did which is like take a gamble go to a different country hope for the best because that way i could potentially get paid more than here which was like you get paid 20 grand a year if you're on the team, if you're a set, if you're not on the immediate team, but you maybe get housing or sometimes you have to pay for your own housing. Like when I was going to Columbia, they were like, you have to pay for your housing, but you can try out with the team. It's like, I don't want these kids to have to make these decisions, especially the ones that don't have money. It's like, how about we have written institutions in place? How about we create a place for kids to just fucking play? Like actually we have the best athletes play because we have programs and academies that are developing them and going to make it possible for them to want to go play. Right. It's usually coming down to this a university. If you don't go to a university with a good athletic program that supports like soccer, you yeah. won't, it's like, you can't make it to the next step. Everybody on the U S Olympic team, all these girls are college women. So it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This, this can feel like it's out of reach for, well, you know, how do you even get regular, to college? Like, like, how do you even make it on a, Like, I couldn't make it on a college team because right. you want to go to D1 team, those schools are all 50K a year, 40 to 60K a year. And it's like, right. oh, okay, scholarship. Uh, no, you needed to have uh, got into the tournaments. You had to pay for those tournaments where the coaches were that were watching you when you were 14 and 15. Oh, okay, but I'm 17 now. Okay, it's too late. So you can go to D2, which is what I did after I, like, had to wait and buy some time to go my second year. Or you go to D3 where you pay, which is also really good, but they're also 40 to 60K a year, or they're a really shitty school with no funding at all, and you can't, you have to pay. 
So it's like what the, the fuck? Chance- it's like it's pricing out kids to play it. It's like it's killing itself. It's choking itself. It's choking off its own growth. Yeah, but going back to greed and power, who are the people that are benefiting off of this? People that know yep. that it's not working, and they're like, I can take advantage of this. You know, yep. like why? I guess why wouldn't you, right? But. I also was just lucky that I was good enough to make the teams I made, but everyone else had money. So I, I knew this was my reality, like from a young age, which is also why I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't keep playing against these 20 year olds that like can keep casually playing on this team because they know people and it's fine and whatever. I'm a 12 year old, like every couple months I'm getting injured. There's no, there's no support emotionally. Like talk about needing emotional uh, support is do you want to be a professional athlete? You need someone yeah. at 12 to be talking to you and be yeah. like, hey, here's what it is. These guys are just like robot coaches. They have, they can barely talk to their own uh, partners and children. And so it's like, you, know, you want this guy to raise me through a sport? You know what right. I mean? Like you want me to raise you through a metaphor? We're not even <laughs> That is true. Some of these coaches should never be around children. <laughs> they should be. Yeah, they should be locked up abroad somewhere. That's <laughs> that's what they should be doing. I mean, yeah, from, there's so much pressure on these kids. But it seems like the young kids again, like fucking priced out of being a great soccer player. Everybody can't afford to go to these fucking expensive schools. And if you're like, a, I'm just saying, like if you're a young woman who is not from America, but you're great at soccer, but you know America's the best place to be for it. How the hell do yeah. you get here and afford to be here? Right. You, you don't. That's why you miss a lot of people. And on wow. top of that, you're, or you come from money and are like, there's a direct link. So there's, for example, I played against this college that had a direct link to these players from Sweden. So they'd have all these like janky random girls from Connecticut and then these fucking six foot three Swedish chicks right. where I'd be like, we're in a D2 program that can offer them scholarships. And so they have enough that they can come over, but that's not for everybody. Like it sounds that delicious to me. It sounds Sweden. delicious. Yes. Right. That coach that coach's name was literally like Magnus Sweden. Like he was a Swedish fish. Like he he was importing players and it's like, oh, that makes so much sense if you can do that. But otherwise right. it's all about who you fucking know. And if you somehow have this like because all my like teammates when I was in high school had these rich parents. They all lived in Manhattan. So it's right. not like they were very good, but they, you know, lived on 103rd in Amsterdam and they could go and do what they wanted and it like didn't really matter versus right. like for me it meant everything every training session I was like no I have to impress these coaches and so yeah there's it's a it's a infuriating banging your head against the wall type of situation like out of all the players I've ever played in my life that like let's say I thought like three or four of us were good enough to go play pro it's like everyone had money except for me and one other person and it's wow. like you think about it, the other two that had money, the reason they got that good was because they had money, right? It's like they yeah. had money for training sessions. Right. They had money to know. Like the things I had to learn, like God bless YouTube. Man, if YouTube had been around when I was 10, ooh, I'd be Ronaldo at this point. But like, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't, there was no one to talk to. Right, right. Yeah. I'm so it seems like, uh, so these poor, like if, if you are like, I'm not a rich person, I'm saying if you're not a rich person, you want to play soccer, you're a young person. How do you get in? How do you, how do you play? How do you, if you're not the best ever, like how do you get to play on a team yeah. and maybe go to get a college scholarship? Like if you're from Brooklyn, 
just a young girl from Brooklyn, Spanish, black, what loves playing soccer. How does she yeah. get from there to the U.S. team? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. What are your goals? What do you want to do? And then get after it, right? Like, as much as on paper, I made no sense to succeed. I was like, I'm going to get after it. So right. I think with anything you want to do, what are you trying to do? What are you coachable? Can you learn and become the best player on the field? Can you become the best player in your county, in your state, right? Like all of that stuff is just putting the work in. Look, look up drills. And sh- I mean, the internet is a beautiful place. Like it's the same thing with comedy. You want to make something, you have a phone. You right. want like you have uh, the world at your fingertips. There's some things you can control like genetics money like how much food can you have right like you maybe you can't afford bougie snacks and like protein powders like that's okay like do your research and do what you got to do and have support if you can emotional support is super helpful some would say essential you know if your parents can support you drive you to play like if my dad had a life i would not have a soccer career but he did he chose to not have a life (laughs) and he was like i will drive you around that's how right? all dads that, do. We pick a family over a life. That's what dads do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm not going to have a kid that's going to last until 10 years old. Because I'm going to be like, mm, pick a different family. I got things to do. Uh, yeah, so I think it's just like you you have to understand where your limits are. Like, what can you actually do, right? You could be the best player in the world. means nothing if you cannot get to a game. So, right. like, some some players they have jobs they do that but like I think it's just not feeling it's about staying focused and not feeling bad for yourself right like everyone understands the hustle and everybody knows that it takes work to make the dream happen and if your dream matters that much then get after it and who's to say you have to be on the U.S. women's national team you make your high school team that is huge right like if your goal is to just maybe even just like have fun meet other women like I think a lot of times too, sports is a really helpful way to connect with people that's not just in a drinking environment. Because a lot of times it's like, ooh, I'm starting to, ha, ah, I'm, I'm getting soft and squishy. Like I need to like do something with other people that actually uh, engages something else than just drinking. And I think yeah. that's a really yeah. good way to make friends and like stay healthy and fit. So I think it's just figuring out your goals and what are your resources. That's my very robotic yeah. answer. My mom answers like, go have a good time. <laughs> go have a good time yeah but a lot yeah. of these schools they're losing their fucking money for all these extracurricular mm-hmm. activities like uh soccer mm-hmm. and baseball and basketball you yeah. know some of these schools are just holding on to football if they can and so even yeah. some coaches got to pay for the equipment and stuff for these kids because they ain't even got enough equipment so how do we how do we fix that do you have any suggestions uh, yeah, call your local uh, governor. <laughs> well, that's also like, that's not, that's sometimes uh, the argument's like it's interest, right? It's where people actually want to put their money. What do they want to do, right? Because that maybe it's like fundraising. Maybe we need to fundraise for this program and that's how we can uh, kickstart and get a name after ourselves. Like how do we get momentum to get people not only interested, but also money in our pockets. And then there's another element of like, Oh, teachers sometimes get fucked where their school's like, no, no, we're, we're stopping here and there's nothing we can do about it. So like in terms of actually giving out money to sports, right? Private schools are set. They get to charge money. I, I can't speak to funding within a school system, but I can speak to like having a hustler mentality and like, you're not getting money. All right, cool. It's time to sell some like ice cream on the sidewalk. Cause that money yeah, goes yeah. a long way. You guys want to go to Florida for a trip? Guess what? Every Saturday, I'm going to see you guys from nine to one, or we're going to sell some stuff every week, and we're going to get to know each other as a team. We're going to make some money because, like, 
I think when you're not bound by rules, there's this really cool thing that happens where you can just start imagining and believing other things because you're not like there's a way to do it. Like I had, I had no, I didn't know, oh, I had to get like an internship at SNL. I had to do that. I didn't do any of that shit. I just opened my mouth. I was like, well, this is good. So like that, that uh, thought was how I did soccer. It was like, I don't have money, but I can make and hustle and do other shit and then throw that into my dream. And so I think for those programs, it's like, Every program is different and funding is different. How people are allocating shit, it gets murky and fucked. And there are people that take money and steal money. But it's like, you guys as a team want money? Guess what? Let's all take some ownership and who's going to step up and make some money for the team. Yeah, we always had fundraisers and shit like that. We were selling candy and all that. I went to a private school too. All those teams had to still sell stuff just to get, you know... Revenue for the team, just so we can have jackets, yeah. or shorts. Or, yeah, right, totally. And it's like I think because you do that when you're young, quote unquote, do that when you're younger. But it's like yeah. you gotta that that never that never ends. That never that never ends. That never ends. You still yeah, gotta yeah. keep that hustle mentality, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you guys get good jackets? That's like, you- <laughs> yeah, we got jackets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now, does a women's soccer need like a David Stern? Because David Stern, he gave birth to the. <laughs> WNBA, because he he was a he had the NBA. He believed in this uh, the the women's league. He actually believed yeah. in it, gave money to it, gave a lot of money to it, and so yeah, yeah, gave yeah. birth to it. And it's still around today. So the, does like soccer, women's soccer need something like that? Some dude who is already in men's soccer is like this. I know what I need to do, and I'm going to really invest some money into this. Sure. I mean, I think women's soccer maybe needs like a RuPaul or something. They just need someone who's like. <laughs> A star at marketing. If RuPaul can yeah. sell drag, he can sell yeah. anything to mainstream America. So, like, whatever the disconnect <laughs> is, whether it's just people, like, not wanting to hear women or, like, it's a scary uh, – it's scary to give a woman power, whatever that is that's slowing down the movement. Yeah, obviously, if someone drops a ton of money, that's going to be helpful. I right. think having someone like a David Stern, having uh, an ally is a great way to get the conversation started. The more people you have on your team – a, the more the movement keeps moving and also like money speaks. So if you can get like serious coin in your back pocket and it's like, you know, why don't we start designing cleats for these women? Why isn't this happening? Yes, shoe deals. Yeah. It's like, I think that's something, I feel like American soccer is scared to have the one, like the far as the professional soccer league is scared to have the women bigger than the men in this country. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And uh, that's, that's more a, a question of like, are people able to confront maybe their own internalized like racism, sexism, homophobia, right? Because like, payment will have to reflect that too. It'll have to be a whole nother discussion because now you have these women who are bigger names than these dudes. They were just bigger names. It's as simple as that. So you got to yeah. pay accordingly. Mm-hmm. Well, also, it's not like, oh, oh no, what if their names become bigger? These women are bigger names than men's soccer. Like, yeah, you know, easily. Lynn Donovan, great, you know, sure. But like, minus the internationals you're bringing in, these American women, you like, the fact that Megan Rapino still doesn't have a cleat deal to me is insane. Like, LaBelle Rose has one for New Balance. She's got this like uh, a rose red thing happening. And I'm like, great. More of those, you know, if we yes. have a cleat, everybody deserves to have a cleat, right? <laughs> Give it to everybody. I, I'm shocked that, uh, like, everybody on the U.S. team don't have some kind of sneaker deal 
some type of athletic apparel deal. Swampack. Her her big thing was she made this uh, show, this uh, show that she toured with her wife, Lennon O'Doyle, uh, the Wolf Pack, where right. she talked about her retirement plan and how she was she was standing next to these two pros and they were talking about where they wanted to invest their uh, money. They were going to become venture capitalists after retiring. And she's like, oh man, I don't know if I can afford my mortgage. Like, the, wow. Abby Wambach, Abby Wambach wow. saying this, right? Like, number one forward, like just all of the accolades in the world. This woman is stressed out for her future. Whereas any other pro male athlete, I mean, you know, we're, we're beating uh, a, a dead horse, but it's like, yes, someone please with half a brain and money throw something at these. But you would think like, where are these other, like where, not only just women, the men in these organizations, like these I corporations agree. that don't like, why do they think that the market won't accept it? I don't get it. I don't know. I'm literally, I have to get into more. I, I need to make more money so I can be the one that makes money off of this because it is just to me waiting for just something to just push and then it's going to explode. Why so it's, that, like it's so easy for like rappers to get these shoe deals? <laughs> I know rappers <laughs> who got them. <laughs> Little Wayne got to push shit away from him. <laughs> He's got so yeah. many shoe deals. Emmy Wambach, they got a fucking, it's like, it does, I don't understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, you know, these are these are deeper questions. These are questions where we're holding a mirror up to society being like, you explain to me what's going on because I think something strange is happening. If you're well, that's not where sports escape, supposed to take it. Sports supposed to lead uh, the way in that. It's like sports money I, should just make money. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm in 100% agreement. It's It goes back to the idea of like internalized sexism, internalized homophobia, right? Who's leading these causes? First, it was Mia Hamm, right? Now you have like a bunch of butch gay white women. God forbid they were women of color. I mean, let's not even talk about the fact that there's like two women of color on that entire team and right. historically just dismal uh, record for having women of color. On the team. Of like, okay. Oh, so you, do you think the game comes off as a little elitist and it's get, getting it at? I don't think they're coming across. I don't think it's elitism. I think it's that people that are in sports want sports to just be sports. And they're like, I don't want my sports to be political. And then these women are like, well, we have to make it political because we're not getting paid right. So but like, that's how they looked at black people too. Just our presence alone is political. Before yeah. you even open your mouth. So that's Correct. what the political they scared of. You don't got to say nothing. They just going through all the shit, how they doing you wrong in their head. <laughs> and mm -hmm. they're like, no, we're going to make yeah. it political. It's like, I ain't even say nothing yet. Right. Yeah, right, right. I literally just waved. Oh, why are you making it political? I... <laughs> Say hello to you. Yeah, no, no, I, we're we're on the same page. It's a difficult conversation to have because I don't even know if it's elitism. It's that people feel like there's a uh, liberalism attached to a sport when it's like, I don't really know why these people are seen as liberal when they're just asking for equal pay. And so it's like you have a president that's in constant contradiction with them. So it's like, okay, sure, I understand that. But like these women are just asking for, rightly so, more money. The you most know, American like, thing, pay for what you, you know, you're worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it's most like, American thing they could do, yeah. That's, but, that's what we all fight for. We all try to get paid fucking equal to what we're worth. And the, the whatever the market is, is that it's always rated on white dudes. <laughs> whatever yeah. white dudes are, is like, I work like him. I want to get paid that, that yeah, amount. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Correct, correct. Yeah. And we all yeah. fight for that. White women, black women, <laughs> black men, <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. 
And some white dudes. I can't say all white dudes don't get it because it's uh, even in that it's a fucking pecking order of elitism and fucking you know lineage. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and and if you look at uh, anything to do with deep money, like real money, there's yeah. just things that we don't see what's happening in the background where it's like you have to take these women. There's there's no. It's very clear what's happening. There's no like oh maybe it's like no we want our money. And they're they're not beating around, but they're being very direct about it. And so it's like, why are they why are they going to be so intense? And you're like, well, I think we need to start looking at how people are receiving information from women, and are they being intense? Are they just being direct? Are they, you know, why are they doing a, a lawsuit? Well, they need to get paid accordingly. Right. And and I the people that are in disagreement are very much in the pockets of FIFA or like yeah. in FIFA. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this whole conversation... Every group right? has to go through... Every group went through that kind of shit, too. Every And it would have to, and we're going to continue to always do that shit. Right. It's never ending. No, this, right. No, this conversation, I'm like, what am I doing inside the house? I got to go outside. <laughs> like, scream at some people. Forget corona. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, infuriating. And I think I am being relatively calm about it because I've come to terms with that kind of stuff. And I'm sort of now in terms of what can I do, right? And it goes back to the question, like, what can a little girl do to go play soccer? Okay, bare bones, here's what you can do and here's how I can help, right? Like, for me, my plan is like, oh, I want to be a coach because I can speak on an emotional level to young boys, to young girls. Yeah. I can make them laugh. I can also make them dope soccer players. So maybe that's my that's my scope and where I want to go. Right? I agree, so, yeah. I'm like, like Megan Rapinoe, for her, I am the captain of the U.S. Women's National Team. I have to make this better for the future players. I need to, I can afford to do this and I will go and do this. So like, what's actually in your power and what can you do? If you are a man that's got a ton of money, boy, do I know 23 women that could use your help right now. You like yeah. sports? Perfect. These are the women for you. I agree. So I think it's just like, what can you do as an ally? What can you do as being in the bubble? What can you do as a ladder to the bubble? to actually create change. Yeah, I think everybody can do something on their level. And we can all push it forward because it needs to be pushed forward. I think sports are an important thing, definitely in a young kid's life. Even if you don't play it, just watching it and understanding this teamwork and team play and fair rules yeah. and stuff like that is, is all important. It's all part of growing up. Yeah, and losing. And losing. So you learn that you, know, you can't did. win them all. You never yeah, lost. Yeah. Huh? I always won. Yeah, I always won. So good. That's why I had a great professional career. Did you have, like, parks in uh, Queens where you used to go to play? Like, where did you play around there, like, as a kid? Yeah. Flushing uh, Meadow Park was a, was a big park yeah. there. But I also lived near Juniper Park. I mean, also, it was just, like, concrete. Like, my... Uh, a lot of concrete playing when you're a kid in New York City. We yeah. played everything on concrete. Yeah, that's. I think also what people don't understand, like, why aren't there more players from New York? Uh, we didn't have a lot. Like, my agility ladder was the, the car, there was a car that parked and left the really bad grease stains that were sort of far enough away to be kind of like an agility ladder. So I used those, instead of paying yeah. for an agility ladder, the grease marks were my like markers for where I should do sprints. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Bye. I was telling, I, <laughs> I had another soccer player on a couple weeks ago and I was telling him that now when I walk around New York City, what I didn't see as a child, I see more people playing soccer. But it's a, a it's always an intense game going on at like lunchtime in like Central Park or on the West Side yeah. Park. Oh, like like delivery guys, delivery guys all yeah. meet up, all Spanish dudes, South American dudes. 
They all meet up and they play yeah. some of the best fucking games, matches, and then go right back to work, fucking work. Yeah. On like on the weekends, they uncle. come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right across from the Sheep's Meadow, Sheep's Meadow Pub, uh, uh, the Sheep's Meadow uh, area of Central Park, like right across from there, mm-hmm. is like the most intense fucking side. I sit there on my bike and just watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I think there's nothing more fun than watching people genuinely try at something. Yeah. So, like, when you see two sides that are very invested, because there's like the shitheads yeah. that play, but they don't really care. Maybe like one's really good and the rest are bad. But when you see like 10 people just going ham and they intense. suck, or they're like, but it's intense, it's amazing. It's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. fun to watch, man. People don't, some people don't understand that soccer or football. It's so much exciting. It's so exciting to watch when motherfuckers know what they're doing. Yeah, and yeah, when yeah. Even these fucking, uh, I'm telling you, these delivery guys and doormen, they come, take their shit off, and get yeah, it yeah, on. Yeah. And get it <laughs> on. And, I mean, it's, it's crazy. All this, it's like, it's some grass and some dirt, so the dirt's all dusted up, and everybody's sweating and talking in Spanish. Ah, uh, I'm eating fucking yeah. street meat and enjoying it. Yeah. I love that you just like leave your house like, honey, I have to go. Where are you going? I I got a game. I have an appointment. Yeah, that whole yeah. area of Central Park right there is like uh, they got beach sol- uh, beach volleyball. They gets intense, oh. intense right yeah. there, Central Park. And then the soccer is right uh, right over there. But my favorite really is the specific market of like forty five plus year old men. Just like losing their shit over no something man. that doesn't matter at all. Like they've lost <laughs> that that glimmer of hope in their eyes is gone, and so they're just like, I need, like I need this because my wife doesn't give me respect, and I need you to validate. That's what I love. That's what I like to see come out. Because That's that sport that you're playing was there before that woman was destroying your life. That sport <laughs> was there before that husband was fucking getting on your nerves. It was there. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. going to be there. It was there before all yeah. that, before your first love, before your first yeah, kid, yeah. you had your sport. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I wonder if it's because it's like more, with soccer specifically, I don't know if it's because I understand it more as a sport or if it's just like more contact. And the, I understand the subtleties of stuff and like who's arrogant and who's just like, but it's just really fun to watch versus like, I don't understand basketball as much or I feel like it's not as not as contact driven or even just like volleyball is fun but it's like i want to see people get like upset and like <laughs> maybe like hit each other too hard yeah 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 like my yeah. favorite uh instagram search bar is like uh like terrible soccer accidents and it's the guy that just like dives in out of nowhere and it's like red card those are my it's like why are we doing that but it's great only sport you could do this <laughs> but that's something someone I wish I could have like red and uh, yellow cards on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Just to give out to people. <laughs> just in my real life. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. <laughs> Someone like touches the pole, sneezes, touches the pole again. Yeah. Okay. Yellow card. Inappropriate. Yeah, oh, yeah. This yeah. has been a great episode, man. I'm really happy that you uh that you did it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad oh. we found each other. Yes. <laughs> You'll never shake me. <laughs> uh, at the end of the show, we do a, a segment called uh, Cut the Nets Down. It's like um, anything in your life that you like celebrate, that you'll cut the nets down like a s- championship. It can be sports related or not sports related. Anything in your life that you would cut the nets down to. Oh, my God. Um, well, this bitch started gardening. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Since uh, hey. quarantine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're losing our minds fully and completely. But you better cut down that net because okay. <laughs> I have. I'm growing some kale. It is dying so fast. Okay. Cut down that net. <laughs> well, you growing kale? What else you cut? You any other vegetables? Or? 
God, we got lettuce in there. Is it dead? Absolutely, it is dying. Uh, yeah, my uh, my partner is Australian. So she okay. she's like loves the plants, and so it's year three of us dating. Uh, she- I'm like, this is the compromise. I will learn. Masterclass has released a gardening class. I will learn. Me and Rob Finley. Check it out. Has nothing to do with me, but am I promoting someone else? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a quarantine green thumb. That's 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 respectable. Yeah. Well, quarantine again. I've absolutely uh, destroyed everything I've attempted to grow, but I, I have a thumb, and it's in quarantine, and it's up my butt. thank you for doing the show if you wanted to do some pluggy plugs where can uh, fans find you oh my gosh you guys you get you want to watch my stuff go on the instagrams i don't know if you've heard of it and i am at colonial man face because i look like a colonial man (laughs) podcast (laughs) because he's seeing me yeah he's seeing my face and that's like, that's your, that's your description is just hilarious. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, terrible for anything except for comedy. Yeah, so if you want to check out some stuff, I have stuff there. You know, I do a lot of short films. You'll find it. That's your one-stop shop. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it, Small Ball. We love you. Oh, we love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey.